You're listening to The Uppercase Life, and I'm your host, Joseph Brewster. Are you listening? Statistically speaking, you're probably doing something else right now. Driving, working, some other task is occupying your mind at the same time you're listening to this podcast. You have an average attention span of 4.25 seconds. That's pretty impressive. But it makes sense when you think about the fact that, on average, you spend seven hours a day on devices. You see between 4,000 and 10,000 advertisements every day, both on your devices and just in the environment around you. And you deal with social anxiety, with mental fatigue, with feelings of unresolved tension. But this isn't how you were designed to live. In fact, it's difficult to appreciate just how incredibly fast the culture around us as a species has changed. For the first time in history, we don't get lost. We constantly have a connection to a global satellite system that can tell us where in the world we are and how to get to where we need to be. For the first time in history, we don't have unanswered questions, so to speak. We have unlimited knowledge, for all intents and purposes, at the touch of a button in our hands. And boredom today means something different than it used to mean. In fact, it's almost impossible to be bored. We have so many apps and games and movies and TV to watch that there's no possible way in an entire lifetime that you could consume something like YouTube or Netflix, and even our video games now are not designed to end. They are designed to be open-ended and continuous so that you could play these games every day for the rest of your life and not technically beat them. And all of this, all of this noise, all of this availability crowds out something critical to the human experience. Something that deeply impacts your mental and physical health, your ability to focus, your investment in your relationships. All of these things are crowding out stillness. We as a culture struggle with stillness. Statistically, we even struggle with taking vacations, so much so that Americans report having great difficulty not doing work while they're on vacation, or even just relaxing when they're in their beds at night. And it's because we weren't designed for this. Our brains weren't designed for this. And the great thing is you have the power to end the tyranny of interruptions and constant availability in your own life to a great extent. And you must. If you want to protect your sanity, if you want to get the most out of every day of your life, and if you want to be in the right mind frame to really enjoy your relationships and to be creative in the long run and to have ideas that are going to benefit your workflow, you're going to have to cultivate stillness. So I want to give you what I think are some really vital practices that you need to consider. In fact, I will say if you are not doing these things, I can guarantee you that you're going to be enduring stress, anxiety, exhaustion, and you're going to experience burnout if you're not already. Just wait, it's there. In fact, I would wager 
that if you cultivated additional stillness in your life, you'd probably identify that you had some stress on your shoulders you didn't even realize you had because you hadn't been able to stop long enough to really feel it. Okay, so let's get into this. Four things I want to talk to you about. The first one is tame your technology. Technology is amazing. And listen, technology gets a bad rap. We blame technology as if it's the technology's job to manage our decisions. And I just want to push back on that and challenge you. It is not your phone's job to protect your focus. That is your job. That phone is a tool and you need to tame it. You need to take control of how and when you interact with your devices. You really need to consider that statistic. Are you spending seven hours a day on your device? That's a lot, a lot of time. So take control of how and when you interact with your device. You need to delete some things. You don't need everything you have on your apps, on your television, in your house. I can almost guarantee you, you need to tame that technology and delete some of it. There are some things you need to unsubscribe from. There are some subscriptions you don't need. There are emails you don't need to get. There are notifications you don't need coming in. Tame that technology. And then here's one that I think is really vital and a lot of people don't consider. Physically move some of that technology. Because let's face it, if you walk into a room and the central feature of that room is an electronic device that's going to suck your time away, is that what you want that room to be? So maybe you have a room in which you're going to regularly watch TV, but maybe you need to have some rooms in which there are none. Maybe you need to physically not take your phone into the bathroom with you because let's be honest, and I'm guilty of this, you spend more time in the bathroom when you have your phone in your hand. You are killing time. And it's like we can't spend a minute and a half in a bathroom stall without a phone because we don't have that long of an attention span. So you can physically move technology as a method of taming it. All right, but technology is not our biggest enemy. So that's it for technology. Let's talk about some other things. I want to challenge you with an idea of leaving the room. Leaving the room as in not allowing yourself to be available to people. So think historically about the fact that in the past, a hundred years ago, there were things that we deal with today. There was violence, there was discrimination, there was bullying, but there was an aspect of culture at that time that we don't have today, which was that whenever this was happening, it was by default happening in person. So if someone was bullying a kid at school, that kid was eventually going to go home. And when that kid went home, there was no social media, there was no texting, there was no TikTok, and they couldn't be bullied from that distance. We don't have that kind of culture now. We allow ourselves to stay in the room at all times. Have you ever been having a difficult discussion with someone and you're texting them and you're waiting on a reply but they don't reply right away and you feel stressed out like, I don't know how they took that last text. I don't know what they're going to say. And you start feeling this tension of they better respond back. Keep in mind, that is a relatively new thing to experience. In most of history, you'd either have to physically be in front of that person watching them respond to you, or you'd be sending a telegraph or a letter which would take days, months, maybe even 
more than a month to reach that person. Now we have to sit with the anxiety of waiting on that response and we don't allow ourselves to leave the room. So be socially unreachable at times. And I don't mean being antisocial. I mean, engage intentionally in social activities. Community is amazing. People are really vital, but then you need to step out of the room, which means you need to not be available on social media, on text, via email. You need to get out of the room literally, and you need to get out of the room metaphorically. And then when you're leaving that room, be okay with cutting off communications. I regularly do this where I exit my phone and just leave it somewhere. And I tell you what, not just putting it on airplane mode, not just, you know, silencing notifications, physically leaving that device is a method of leaving the room. Power off things. Make sure that you are making yourself socially unavailable at certain times and intentionally. This is not about isolation. This is not about you're dealing with depression and you're retracting from people. This is about making sure that you allow yourself space between social interactions to have margin so that mentally and emotionally you can recover and be in a better headspace for interacting with people. All right, so tame your technology, leave the room. And then the third thing is look for inspiration in emptiness. This will change your life. Free your senses for an extended period of time. Get away from it. And do not take music with you. Do not put headphones in. Free your senses. What I mean by that is when was the last time both hands were free? When was the last time your ears were free? Your eyes were willing to roam and look around. Free those senses for an extended period of time and allow yourself to just be. Observe. This is critical to creative thinking. When you're not doing this, you're really allowing yourself to constantly have your concentration broken. When you free your senses, you allow your mind to wander, which is different than just being distracted. And that can really improve your problem solving skills. And then another way to look for inspiration in emptiness is get lost on purpose. You know, we've gotten so accustomed to having the answer right at our fingertips when we need to get somewhere that it's almost like when we talk about getting lost today, we just mean that we took a wrong turn. We were looking at the GPS, but we turned too early or too late or there was traffic or something like that. But what if you just didn't open the GPS? What if you just got lost on purpose? Allow yourself that space and look for inspiration in the emptiness of getting lost. Be willing to wander. And I don't just mean physically. Let your mind wonder. Here's a tough one for you. When's the last time you had a question you were curious about and you refused to look it up on Google? You didn't pull out your phone to answer that question. You just allowed your mind to wander. That is critical. We think of ourselves as being curious people, but really we're constantly leaning on the crutch of technology to answer our questions for us when we need to allow our mind to just think it through sometimes. 
So tame your technology, leave the room, look for inspiration in the emptiness. And then here's the last one is just simply be still. Befriend silence. This one's hard. I'm telling you, this one is, you're not going to like this. It. You could think of it as meditation, and I think there are a lot of meditative practices that would fall in this category. For us, it's very difficult. If you got a four-second attention span, then being still is probably a huge challenge for you. But you need to do it. Work on that muscle, if you will, of being able to be still and rest. Because the greatest things you're going to experience in life don't always come from the noise. Sometimes they come from the stillness. Sometimes the most profound answers you're looking for in your daily life are not screams, they are whispers. And you can't hear them if your mind is always busy. So be still, befriend the silence, and communicate with your own mind. I know that can be scary, especially depending on what your mind is like. You might think, uh, I can't focus for anything. That's never going to work for me. And I would say, that's all right. You sit down and you're trying to be still and you find yourself distracted. That's okay. Just stay there. You don't need to be available all the time. It's not good for your health. It's not good for your creativity. It's not good for your relationships. And it just isn't necessary. I don't care what you think is normal. It isn't necessary. It's not what you're made for. How would it change your life if you could be still? Thank you for joining me today. I would love to hear your opinions, your thoughts on this. Do you struggle with being still? Do you struggle with rest or with being always available and too busy? Send me your thoughts, comments, and experiences to the uppercase life at gmail.com. And if you enjoy the show, consider going over and giving me a rating in the podcast app. That'll help other people find this content and hopefully it will benefit them as well. And until next time, live like it matters.